Welcome to the Southside Sermons Podcast. I am Christopher Campbell, pastor of Southside Baptist Church, located in Decatur, Alabama. This message you're about to hear is from God's Word and is offered to you with this prayer that God would give you eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to obey His Word. May your faith be strengthened in Jesus, and may you grow in your knowledge of Him. I've read in our hearing verses 21 through 27. This is Moses' speech to the elders of Israel concerning something that is about to take place called the Lord's Passover. The Lord's Passover. Moses' speech is preserved for us as a summary of the instructions the Lord had given to him beforehand in greater detail for all the congregation of Israel. Verses one through 20 of chapter 12 preserve that detail. Verses 21 through 27 preserve the summary. This chapter prepares the people for the Lord's Passover. The Lord's Passover is connected with this last strike of the 10 plagues that have been brought against Pharaoh and Egypt as the Lord shows that he alone is God while Pharaoh and all the deities of Egypt are not. God makes his name known and shows forth his power as he works to save his people. We've been warned through these plagues that if we reject God's prior witnesses, word, and worship in favor of knowing God only by his works, then we risk knowing God only as Pharaoh did, as judge. God will be known one way or the other through his works, but it might very well be through his works of judgment against us. But for a people of faith who receive God's witnesses, God's word, and God's worship, we also experience God's working unto salvation to save his people as he saved his covenant people, Israel, out of harsh slavery and oppression from Pharaoh in Egypt, just as he promised that he would. There have been nine plagues already, but this 10th plague will be the last. Look back with me at chapter 11, verse one. The Lord said to Moses, yet one plague more I will bring upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will drive you away completely. Yet one plague more. I think about how we say one more time, but we don't mean it. I remember many band rehearsals when the director would have us rehearse a section of music. Do it again, do it again, do it again, one more time. But it never, ever meant just one more time. One more time meant three more times five more times, 10 more times, but it never meant just one more time. So we learn to write that phrase off as meaningless words. 
Parents say to their children, one more hour, but it becomes two more hours. One more show becomes two. One more dollar becomes 10. One more day becomes one more year. And we say this even to ourselves. One more look. One more swipe and a purchase. One more snooze of the morning alarm. The point is we develop this mindset of more. There's always more to come. There's always another day. There's always another opportunity. There's always a second chance. We don't live as a people who are preparing. Instead, we procrastinate. But God is not like us. God means what he says and God does what he says. God says yet one plague more and God means it. There will be a 10th, but there will not be an 11th. There will be one more and then no more. We need to understand that for every one of us, the time will come when our limited selves will encounter the limitless God and God will allow us to experience only one more. One more breath, one more heartbeat, one more opportunity to hear the gospel and respond and then it's done. One more opportunity to repent, one more warning, one more chance to love, to forgive, to reconcile, to obey and then done, whether we're ready or not. And God may not let us know ahead of time, as he did with Israel, when that one more will be. It's known only to God. And so we are compelled to live with faith that prepares. We are to be a people who are always, always ready. I bring this out in the text to highlight the need for God's people to prepare, and to prepare by faith according to the word of the Lord, are you prepared to meet the Lord? Are you eagerly waiting for him to appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save? Are you ready for that glorious day? Let's prepare and be ready this morning as we consider the Lord's Passover. The people of Israel have remained in the background throughout the nine plagues. We don't read much about them at all. But that changes here with this 10th and final plague. The Lord said to Moses, Exodus chapter 12, verse three, tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses a lamb for a household. Tell all the congregation. All the congregation of Israel is to actively participate in preparing for the Lord's Passover by obeying the Lord's word. And this will be a test of the people's faith because genuine faith obeys God's word. Faith says, I believe God is who he says he is, so I will obey 
what he says to do. That's what faith is. And failing to obey even one instruction of the Lord in this preparation completely and exactly would result in Israel suffering the same fate as the Egyptians in this 10th plague. So Israel was to pay attention carefully to God's word so that they might do it. The first word of instruction for the Lord's Passover was about selection. The selection of a lamb. Look with me at Exodus chapter 12, verse 21. Then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, go and select lambs for yourselves according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Notice who this instruction is for. It's not for Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Pharaoh was to let Israel go to worship the Lord. That was Pharaoh's instruction for obedience. Pharaoh needed first to repent, to turn, to go the opposite direction from where he was heading with Israel, where he was making himself God. Pharaoh was to let Israel go to worship the Lord, the only true God. But Pharaoh refused. Time and time again, Pharaoh rebelled. Pharaoh did not receive the instruction for the Lord's Passover. Understand this. As long as a person is running away from God, living for themselves, living for today, living by what they can see in the flesh and touch and understand in the natural realm, such a person cannot receive the gospel message of salvation. There's a barrier. It's not for them because it's not for those who live by the flesh. The gospel message of salvation is for all who first repent, who turn from self and turn to God for salvation by faith and live by faith in God's word. It is to Israel that God gave his command for selection. Go and select lambs for yourselves. And why select lambs for yourselves? God told them to select lambs for yourselves because the lamb would serve a purpose. Here's the word, substitution. The lamb would be substituted in the place of another. The life of the lamb in exchange for the life of Israel's firstborn. The lamb would die and the firstborn would live. Substitution. For this purpose, not just any lamb could be selected. Look with me at verse five of chapter 12. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. So this wasn't a throwaway lamb. This wasn't the smallest and weakest of the bunch. This lamb was the choicest, the select lamb, the premium lamb, 
meeting the highest standards, no defects. This lamb was perfect, and this lamb would be slaughtered, killed, so that Israel's firstborn would live. In selecting such a lamb, the people of Israel would be selecting a substitute provision, the life of an animal for the life of a human. And with this instruction given to his people, God was making a distinction too, not just between the life of an animal and a human, but also between Egypt and Israel. God selected Israel of all the peoples in the world to be his holy people, his witnesses in all the earth, not because they were numerous or strong or wonderful, but because God had made a promise to their fathers, a covenant, and God is faithful to his covenant, to his word. This instruction was given to Israel and the selection of a lamb was to cover every household, representing every person in that house. Why? Because everyone needed a substitute, even God's covenant people. The Lord made provision for selection because the people needed protection. Look with me at verses 22 through 23. Take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and touch the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you. God's people needed protection. And who did they need protection from? God's people needed protection from the Lord. We've said it this way before, everyone will meet the Lord, either as savior or as judge. How will you meet him? Don't focus on God's love and gentleness and patience and forget his righteousness and holiness and judgment. Don't focus on heaven and forget there is a hell a lake of fire where the unrighteous will experience eternal anguish and torment and gnashing of teeth, the scriptures say. Too many people fashion their own incomplete idol of God, and they believe in a version of God that just simply doesn't exist. Hear this. If your God would never pass through Egypt and strike dead every firstborn in Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on the throne to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the cattle. If your God would never do such a thing, then you've created an idol of God, a false God that contradicts God's own revelation of himself. God himself will do this. God himself will bring this plague, this strike upon Egypt. And you say, well, that's just mean. That's not right. 
That's not just. What's not right and what's not just, friend, is that any one of us are allowed to take another breath and live another day. Because the scriptures tell us that we all have sinned against God. And having sinned, we deserve immediate, instant judgment for our sin. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is what? Death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The question of this chapter is not, why did the firstborn of Egypt die, but rather, why did God allow the firstborn of Israel to live? We all need protection from judgment, a judgment that belongs to us as a result of sin. And this is why the lamb is killed, because of its blood. Hebrews chapter 9:22 says indeed under the law almost everything is purified with blood and without the shedding of blood there is no what's that word forgiveness of sins none without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins and Leviticus 17:11 explains why for the life of the flesh is in the blood and I've given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. The blood protects because the blood substitutes a life for a life. Because God is holy, because God is just, sin will be destroyed. Sin will lead to death. The question is, Will it lead to yours? Or will someone else take your place? And if so, who will die for your sins in your place? You see, the lamb represented substitution and the blood represents sacrifice. The lamb would be sacrificed, not just for a meal, not just for food to eat, but for the blood. The lamb's blood in the basin would be spread upon the doorposts and the lintel of the house of all who had faith in the Lord's word. And notice what the text says and doesn't say in verse 23. Let's read it again. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you. It doesn't say that when the Lord sees the name on the door of the house, or the good deeds of those in the house, or even the children in the house, it doesn't even say that when the Lord sees that it is a house of Israel that he'll pass over. What does it say? When the Lord sees only one thing, the blood. When the Lord sees the blood, the Lord will pass over the door. There's only one provision for protection. It's the blood on the door. And so it is that everyone needs to be forgiven of sin by the blood. 
Nothing else will forgive you and atone for your soul and make you right with God other than the blood. As the church, we believe in baptism and church membership and ministry and mission. And these are things we do out of obedience and love and worship of God. But even these things are powerless to save from sin. We all need the blood. A name won't save you. Service won't save you. Your church won't save you. You need the blood. Your money won't save you. Your possessions won't save you. You need the blood. Attending church this Easter won't save you. Volunteering your time won't save you. Saving animals won't save you. You need the blood. Christians and non-Christians, believers and unbelievers, we all need the blood. Even Israel, if they did not have the blood on the door, would suffer the death of their firstborn, just like the Egyptians. But God provided through his selection of a lamb as a substitution for his people's protection, which was a sacrifice of blood so that the blood may be applied by faith over the door of that household that had faith in the Lord's promised salvation. Selection, protection, another word for the Lord's Passover is direction. Look with me at verses 24 through 27. You shall observe this rite as a statute for you and for your sons forever. And when you come to the land that the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you shall keep this service. And when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? You shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. For he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians but spared our houses. And the people bowed their heads and worshiped. In these verses, God reveals that his salvation has a purpose. God saves his people for a purpose, and that purpose is wrapped up in this word. Not substitution, not sacrifice, but service. The Lord's Passover was a service of worship meant to lead the people in service to God. We are saved to serve. And just as the people depended on God to give them direction for how to be saved this night, the people would depend upon God for direction for where to go and how to worship him when they get there. Notice the uncertainties implied in this text, verse 25. When you come to the land that the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you shall keep this service. A time is not given for their arrival in that land. A description of the land is not here given. The way to get there is not given. The people will need direction. Look at verse 26. And when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? The children, the future generations will observe this service of worship as the people keep the Lord's Passover and they will have questions. They will ask what these things mean. And the children will need direction through instruction. Already, 
Moses in conversing with Pharaoh said in chapter 10, verse 26, our livestock also must go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind, for we must take of them to serve the Lord our God. And listen to this. And we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. Israel needed direction on how to worship God and serve him. And as God has provided a lamb for the substitution and the blood for the sacrifice, God also provides a feast for service. The Lord's Passover would be a feast. Exodus chapter 12, verse 14 says, this day shall be for you a memorial day and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations, as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. The Passover and the feast of unleavened bread, this was to be celebrated by those who were delivered, by those who were saved. God's protection was for the sinner, God's direction is for the saved. We are saved for service, a holy service. After God saves us, we are then to pass on through our service the faith, the word of God to the future. This feast was to be repeated forever, representing holy living and worship and service for all generations in remembrance of God's great act of salvation. And it was only for faithful members of the covenant. Exodus 12, 25 says, and when you come to the land that the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you shall keep this service. Selection, a substitute, a lamb. Protection, a sacrifice, the blood, direction for service, a feast. And there is no exception. No one is accepted. Everyone is affected in some way by the Lord's Passover. No one remains neutral. Concerning Israel's obedience, there was no exception. Everyone in Israel obeyed. Listen to verse 28. Then the people of Israel went and did so. As the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. The people of Israel did so. This is even repeated to say, as the Lord had commanded, so they did. There was no exception to Israel's obedience, but also there was no exception concerning Egypt's consequence. The text goes on to tell us what happens. Verse 29, at midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who is in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the livestock. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt. Why? What's this last phrase? For there was not a house where someone was not dead. Can you imagine that? Not one house, no exception, where someone was not dead. 
Everyone, without exception, experienced death or experienced life from this last plague. And this brings us now to the Christ conclusion. For there is no exception with Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We either receive Jesus by faith and are saved unto eternal life, or we reject Jesus and remain in our flesh, damned to eternal hell. Because Jesus alone is our Passover lamb. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Jesus was God's selection for the sinner's protection with his own blood. Jesus, the Lamb of God, was sacrificed. He was killed on the cross where he bled and died. And Hebrews 9, 12 and 13 says, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Pay careful attention, everyone, to what may be your one more, your last opportunity to respond to God's gift of gospel grace, to prepare for the Lord's soon coming again. Later in the Bible, the Apostle John is given a glimpse, a vision of heavenly glory. And John looks and he sees in the hand of him who is seated on the throne a scroll that is sealed. And a call is made by an angel in a loud voice for anyone who is worthy to open this scroll and to break its seals and to look into it. And no one, the scripture says, no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and look into it. And so John is seeing this and he begins to weep and he weeps and he weeps loudly until an elder says to him, weep no more. Behold, that's a word that means look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. 
And when John looks, this is what he sees. Revelation chapter five, verse six. In between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. John saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain because this lamb had been slain. This lamb is Jesus. This Passover lamb was slaughtered on the cross, but now he's standing. What does this mean? It means that in Jesus, we behold God's selection, the sinner's protection, the saint's direction. There is no exception because God performed one final work the sign of all signs, the wonder of all wonders, the power of all powers, the miracle of all miracles. What was it? Say this word with me. Resurrection. Pharaoh rose up in the night to learn that all of his household was dead, the firstborn. But as the women made their way to the tomb on that first resurrection morning, they learned something different had happened with Jesus. He was not there. He was not dead. Jesus had risen. Jesus is alive, the firstborn living of all the brothers. And what the Passover lamb could do for one night and one offering, Jesus has done once for all, so that all who confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead will be saved. All who are saved are then saved to serve as witnesses to the resurrected Lord until he comes to complete our salvation in him. Are you prepared? It's time to go. It's time for faith in God's word. Thank you again for listening to this message. I pray that God would accomplish his purpose in you through the preaching, hearing, receiving, and believing of his word. If you wish to share any comments or questions about the message you have heard, please call Southside at 256-353-8814 or visit us on the web at southsidebaptist.net. Also, make sure to subscribe or follow this podcast to receive a new message each week.